The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. Our guest today is Adam Murray, who is the International Relations Officer of the U.S. Department of State. Hi, Adam. Thank you so much for joining us on the AI Today podcast. Hi, guys. It's my pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, welcome, Adam. Thanks for joining us today. We'd like to start by having you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about your background and your current role at the Department of State. Yeah, sure. I know the title International Relations Officer doesn't really tell you a whole lot, but I'm a Foreign Service Officer, U.S. diplomat. I've been with the State Department for a little over 13 years now. I've had postings all over the world, Hong Kong, Burma, at the U.S. Mission to the OECD in Paris. That's the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. And it was really while I was there that I kind of got turned on to some of these digital economy issues, things around the future of work and emerging technologies in particular. That was back in like 2014 to 2017. And so after that assignment, the State Department gave me an opportunity to go back to graduate school. And I went up to the Kennedy School at Harvard and did a master's in public administration to focus on digital economy. And then came back to the State Department where I've been for the last year or so, working in our economics bureau in the Office of Communications and Information policy. So this office really focuses on a lot of the digital economy issues, emerging tech, things like AI, of course, but also 5G, Internet of Things, even just kind of your more traditional broadband connectivity questions. I work on our multilateral affairs side, so I cover a couple of international organizations. I'm the head of delegation to the OECD's Committee on Digital Economy Policy, as well as the APEC Telecommunications Working Group. So it's a great portfolio because I get to look at issues all over the world, obviously with the OECD membership being a little bit more of Western, European, North America, Japan, Australia, crowd, and then APEC, obviously Asia and Pacific. So it keeps me on my toes. I get to travel a fair amount. And so I get to get out and see the world, which is great. Well, great. Well, I think that's incredibly helpful. A good background for those in our audience. They may not be familiar with all the interesting overlaps between the State Department and our government and technology and the future of work and all that great things. As a matter of fact, you know, recently, the OECD, as you mentioned, the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, recently put out a recommendation on artificial intelligence, on AI, identifying principles for responsible and trustworthy AI, as well as national policies around AI. So for those that may not be aware that there is this thing, tell us a little bit, what is this OECD principles for AI? And maybe walk us through some of the highlights and some of the most important aspects of it. Yeah, it's something that we're really excited about at the State Department, but at the U.S. government at large as well. I've been very fortunate to have a lot of experience at the OECD and was stationed out there, so I know the organization well and had this opportunity in the Committee on Digital Economy Policy to help craft these principles over the last year or so. They were just adopted this May, so a few months ago, and the Chief Technology Officer of the United States, Michael Kratzios, was out at the OECD to welcome them and to sign them. And you know, when he was there, he really noted that it's the first time that the like-minded democracies have come together to really come together around our common principles and values for AI technology. So I think we're really excited about what this represents and seeing them implemented going forward. So just to, to kind of summarize them quickly, and you can find them online, they're on the OECD's website. They're also on AI.gov. 
which has got a lot of great resources about the U.S. government initiatives. But they're broadly divided into two parts. And the first section really talks about principles for promoting responsible stewardship and trustworthy AI. So it's kind of a mouthful, but at the same time, it gets to a lot of the things that maybe some of your listeners are thinking about already when it comes to ethical AI or responsible AI. And it's this idea that, you know, we want AI technologies to contribute to our broader well-being, to our economic growth, to innovation in society and our economy. And that's really important. So how do we get there? And it identifies a number of principles. They're, they're pretty high level, but things around transparency and explainability, around robustness and safety and security and accountability. So I think these are all probably concepts that listeners have come across before when they're, you know, in the AI space. But this is the first set of intergovernmental principles that really puts it down on paper. And so it's an important first step. The second part of the recommendation looks more at national policies that member governments can implement. And in a lot of ways, this lines up very well with what's in the president's executive order on AI, the American AI Initiative. Things like investing in AI research and development. It's building human capacity and preparing your workforce and your societies for the changes that AI will bring. It talks about shaping and enabling policy environment for AI so that you have the right regulatory approaches in place that foster innovation. And then it's also about the, the sort of hard infrastructure and that goes into this too. So resources for connectivity, but also access to computing and data sets and things like that. So the second part is more about what governments can do or should be doing. And, and the first part is, is a little bit broader and, and more for all AI stakeholders to be keeping in mind. Yeah, great. Thanks for sharing that high-level overview. And listeners, I will put links to the OECD website for these principles as well as AI.gov in the show notes. So one of the principles is about how there should be transparency and responsible disclosure around AI systems to ensure that people understand AI-based outcomes and can challenge them if needed. Now, how can governments help push this principle forward? Sure. Well, I mean, I think one thing to emphasize right up front is that from our point of view, the real thrust of this principle is about fostering a general understanding of AI systems and how they're going to be used in society, in our economies, to get people a little bit more aware of them and, frankly, to help build public trust in AI. I think that's really important to this piece of transparency. You know, there are a lot of ways to do this. I think one of the things that we've seen here in the United States through the National AI Research and Development Strategic Plan, particularly this last update that just happened this year, was to focus R&D efforts onto some of these really tough challenges. And so that strategy highlights a couple. DARPA has an explainable AI initiative that is looking to create machine learning techniques that produce more explainable results, but still maintain that high performance and appropriate levels of trust. Sometimes there can be a trade-off if you try to have AI that is very explainable. It may not perform as well. So you have to kind of take that in mind. The National Science Foundation is also collaborating with Amazon on a program for fairness in AI. So I think those are just a couple of examples of where government, through its research and development funding budget, can help tackle some of these challenges around transparency. Because it really is important that people understand what's going on so that they trust the technology and start to use it in their lives. Another thing that the administration is really working on is guidance for domestic agencies 
on regulatory and non-regulatory approaches to AI. And these are things, you know, how do we protect Americans, their safety and their civil liberties, but still foster innovation and growth when we're talking about applications of AI? And so for all of the different agencies that might come in contact with new AI technologies, the administration is looking at developing this kind of overarching guidance that they can use. And I think that's due to come out soon. It's still in the sort of drafting process, but I think that's another way we're trying to embed some of these values into our approach. The last thing I would say on this is it's really, it's an interdisciplinary challenge, right? And so it's important that when we do this R&D, you do bring different academic fields into play and so that they can kind of look at it from different perspectives. But it's also really important to involve stakeholders from the private sector, from civil society, so that all these voices are heard around the table and are are able to contribute to the outcome. Yeah, that's very important. I mean, there's there's many different perspectives on the use of technologies like AI. They could be incredibly helpful. I mean, it's an enabling technology. It's a transformative technology, just like the internet, just like mobile. But of course, as we're all realizing, you know, that's what makes things like email and social media great could also make things like email and social media not so great because it could be used in all sorts of different ways. And definitely, you know, that one area that's heating up in general is this area of responsible AI. And for our listeners who may be aware, we offer training on the methodologies for doing AI and machine learning. And one of our core modules, module seven, is on responsible and ethical AI. So for those of you that are interested, you should definitely check out our training there. But for our listeners who are interested in learning more about this, you can go to cognolitica.com training. So Adam, you know, how does the U.S., United States, you know, seek to advance internationally the domestic approach to technology policy, particularly when it comes to responsible AI? Yeah, well, you know, I mentioned the executive order and the American AI initiative earlier, and part of that tasks government, tasks the agencies to foster an international environment that is open to American AI innovation. And so that's part of what we're doing here at the State Department. And we're really looking to support international collaborations that are grounded in evidence-based approaches that support analytical research and use a multi-stakeholder model for engagement. And that's why we were really proud of signing on to the OECD recommendation on AI, because it does check all of those boxes. It really is well known for its analysis and its data and evidence. And there were a number of different stakeholder voices at the table as we were developing the recommendation. And so, you know, we're focused on the OECD right now. After the recommendation was adopted in May of this year, the G7 and the G20 also signed on or endorsed these principles, basically the same things as the OECD, but, you know, they put it in their own language for their leader statement. So there is a a kind of growing consensus out there around these principles. And we're looking forward to continuing this work and, and really drilling down a little bit into some of the implementation guidance at the OECD. As I said, you know, the the principles themselves are pretty high level. And so to help companies or folks who are designing and developing AI systems, to help governments who are trying to make policy around it really know what to do, we're putting together an AI policy observatory at the OECD. And this will be an online platform. It'll be a hub for all of the organization's research and analysis around AI. It'll bring together different data sets. And then it'll be a place for practitioners to share best practices. I think for right now, it's going to focus most on government experience, but we'll see if that broadens out to include other stakeholders too. 
But uh, I would say that for now, the focus on advancing internationally this approach is, is through the OECD. We think there's a lot of value that can come out of that. They're really well-placed to do the work. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, the OECD provides recommendations to governments, like you said, but these are just recommendations at the end of the day, and they're not international laws that countries must abide by. So which countries were involved in helping to shape these guidelines? And then how likely do you believe that these countries will actually follow these guidelines? Yeah, that's right. I mean, it is a consensus document. It's not hard law. There's an international court that's going to come after members that don't meet all of the commitments in these guidelines. But having said that, they do carry some weight to them. And I think just in my experience at the OECD, members do do their best to try and live up to these recommendations. And, you know, we go through a peer review process at the OECD. So after a few years, we'll come back and look at this and say, well, how are we doing in living up to the recommendations we set out here? And nobody likes to look bad among their peers. So you might be surprised, but they do tend to to carry a lot of weight and folks do their best to try to implement them. In terms of the countries that were involved, you know, as I mentioned, it was a multi-stakeholder process. We actually started off with an expert group that included a lot of non-government voices. So we had private sector at the table. We had a lot of academics or experts on the more technical side. There were civil society voices from labor organizations, privacy organizations. So all of those folks were around the table hashing out some of you know these really hot topics around explainable AI or robust AI. It was a really great conversation. Hmm. It was open to non-members as well. So it wasn't just the core OECD countries, but we had a number of other countries participating. And so notably, Singapore was there. Obviously, they're you know really one of the leaders, particularly in Asia, on developing and deploying AI in their society. Russia was involved. United Arab Emirates was involved. And in fact, the OECD hosted one of the expert group meetings in Dubai on the margins of the global governance of AI roundtable. So, you know, it's even though I, maybe some folks who know the OECD have it in their mind as a kind of rich world club or, you know, something like that, we did take a lot of voices into consideration in pulling these recommendations and these principles together. And the experts did reach consensus on just about everything. So I think that says something. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's something we definitely take a close look at is, you know, we spent a lot of our time in our research looking at sort of the competitive dynamics for AI worldwide. You know, it's uh, not just a technology race, it's a strategic race. I think people have realized the strategic value of information and information technology and data. And a lot of machine learning and AI is about taking that data to the next level. So that's something very interesting. And for our listeners who are interested in keeping track, we're actually going to do something new because we have a lot of engaged AI Today podcast listeners. We're uh, rolling out a newsletter for our AI Today podcast newsletter. We're going to go a little bit behind the scenes. We're going to ask some questions that are not available to the general podcast audience. And we encourage you just to go to the Cognolytica site and sign up for the AI Today newsletter. And you will basically get access to some of our behind the scenes Q&A with some of our speakers and also sign up for an upcoming webinar that we're going to share with you on the seven patterns of AI so you can interact with us on a one-on-one basis. So we're definitely keeping track of stuff that's happening in the market and trying to make that available to our audience. So I'd like to hear from you sort of as a final answer to that, Adam. You know, what, what do you believe the future of AI is in general and its application to corporations, governments, and beyond? 
Yeah, I'm really excited about AI. I know there's a lot of doom and gloom in some corners out there about the challenges that it may pose, but I think it holds a ton of potential to really unlock human creativity and innovation and, and you know, really change how we interact in, in some really positive ways. And there's a lot of great books out there that have little anecdotes and vignettes of you know the future in 20 years or so. And it's really fascinating to think through those futures. You know, for myself at the State Department, we kind of really work in the knowledge economy or the sort of information economy, right? I mean, we sort through tons of information every day, email and reports from embassies and cables and things like that. And so I'm, you know, curious to see how AI will help us sort through some of that information and, and analyze it in a way that allows the knowledge worker, you know, on top of that to really make more strategic decisions and, you know, sort of have, provide higher level insights there. Personally, as a consumer, you know, I think the sort of future of self-driving vehicles is really neat. I've got three little kids and ages nine to two. So the thought that they might not have to go to driver's ed, just be able to get into a self-driving car is really cool. You know, a smart home that really kind of connects all of your devices and, you know, maybe helps with energy efficiency. And in some of these cold, drafty winters we have here on the East Coast, it could be really neat. And then some of these personal assistants too. I think just helping with those little day-to-day mundane tasks when we're all so busy with everything, that's just, it's great to have a little bit of help. Now, obviously, some of those topics raise questions around privacy and data management or access to data. And I think those are important topics and glad that we're taking them seriously here in the United States and, and internationally as well. And I think it's just, it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment for people, for myself personally, but I remain really excited and optimistic. Yeah, I think that I'm looking forward to the day that they're self-driving cars and that I don't need to drive at all anymore. That is like what I'm really looking forward to. So I mean, hopefully if you've that ever comes- been on the I-95 corridor and stuck in traffic, you know, for 20 minutes and then you finally clear through and there's no accident or anything, thank God. You say, what happened? And well, you know, if we had smart cars with automatic cruise control that could just keep everything right. flowing at the same speed, wouldn't that be wonderful? Watch a movie on the way down to Florida or read a book or something. Listen to this podcast. Right. It would be fantastic. Yeah. Or just driving in DC. Like <laughs> <laughs> I can do without I that to, too. I try to avoid that. <laughs> Maybe I'm just going to just stay at home and send my robot out and have it do all the work for me and then I don't have to worry about the traffic at all. <laughs> so there's that too. Well, cool. This, this was really great. We really enjoyed your feedback, your all sorts of insight into what's happening here at sort of the international stage for AI, which I think is very interesting. People don't see what's happening behind the scenes. So I think this is really exciting. So you know, Adam, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. You've been a great guest and really appreciate your sharing your insight and joining us. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. And I really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. And listeners, as always, we'll post any articles and concepts discussed in the show notes, including a link to the OECD website, AI.gov, and Cognolytica training and newsletter as well. So thanks for listening, and we'll catch you at the next podcast. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at Cognolytica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group, and make sure to join the Cognolytica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. 
For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.